Welcome to episode one of Sylvia Sisson's podcast. In our first episode, you will be getting to know me a little bit more. I am Sylvia Sisson, medium clairvoyant. I'm a yoga teacher. I have an aromatherapy certification, holistic nutrition, and I love fitness. Love, love, love. I love running. I'm originally from Switzerland, born and raised there, but moved in 99 to the United States. I have been in business for over 10 years, based in Warwick, Rhode Island, doing intuitive work on various levels, such as workshops and group events, as well as one-on-one -on -one readings. When I'm not working, I love spending time with my husband and my kids, and you can find me gardening, running, or at the gym. I decided to create this podcast because many of you asked me to do it. And as always, I asked my guides for help with this project and help arrived a few weeks ago when my, one of my clients, who is a communications expert, offered me her help. Her name is Cecilia Priorodo, and she is with me here today. Welcome, Cecilia, to my podcast, and maybe you can tell us why you offered to help me. Hello, Sylvia. Hi. I offer to help you because I am very curious about everything you do, about how you see the world. Um, oh. <laughs> you, <laughs> you are very different I from am. many people. You're very unique, and I know that we all are, but not everybody can see auras and, and communicate with spirits and do everything that you do so naturally. So I've been seeing you for years. Yes. As a customer. Um, every time I have a transition in my life, I go see you. And I always got very clear advice. And I thought I would love to hear more about what you do. Right. So when I suggested a podcast and you said, oh, I think that's a good idea. I was very, very... <laughs> I think it's also wonderful because you come from a customer viewpoint, so you can ask questions or we can dive deeper into certain topics from a customer viewpoint versus somebody that doesn't know me, that doesn't know who I am. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what comes up the next couple, well, the next episodes, this episode. I'm kind of excited. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I have a lot of questions about how you see the world, how you communicate in this very special way. And also probably my first question is, I wanna know more about your life. How this, this gift came to you? So I always actually just always thought this is normal <laughs> for everyone. So I actually from very, very young age, I just assumed everyone has the same kind of feelings, sees colors, can connect on that next level. And I realized actually when I was about 15 that that's actually not the case. I actually, by mistake, I was sitting with a girlfriend or good friend of mine and we talked about boys. And she talked about this one young man and I was so... Like, oh no, you cannot go out with this person. His first name and last name have different, completely different colors that do not match. And she looks at me and she was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, his first name is green and his last name is yellow. And it's just, it does not match. And she's, 
I could just tell she was kind of like, oh, I don't see green, I don't see yellow. So she, she started to get really quiet. And then I realized I said something for me, that's so normal to see the world in colors. So everything has colors to me, people. So the auras, uh, letters, numbers, any kind of places, anything, anything to me is in color and based on the colors, because I know what they mean for me, I will make certain decisions. I will give advice to my customers. So I realized that right then and there, something is not quite um, normal, <laughs> what is normal, but normal. And I went home and started testing everyone in my household, like my mom, my dad, my sister. What I did was I just kind of like, okay, you know, we read something. I'm like, what, what color is that word? And they all said black. And I'm like, well, it's not. I see it in a different color than they did. And my mom, I remember like when I started to call and when she catched on, there's something completely off with me. She tested me. She kind of like, she gave me the alphabet and numbers and she put it on a piece of paper and she wrote down which color I, I gave her with each letter, with each number. And about a year later, she just kind of throws it at me. Like, you know, remember you had that color issue? Do you, what color is the letter R? And I'm like, green because it's so normal for me. And she's like, oh, something is really going on. I thought it was just a phase you were in. <laughs> I'm like, nope. Yeah, that was the first time I kind of like realized I'm definitely functioning a little bit different than most people. And it took me years to kind of figure out what was really happening. And I was, I moved when I was 21, I moved to the States uh, because I had an opportunity to work over here. And I was already in the States when I finally found a name for my condition. And I don't look at it as a condition. I truly feel without my colors, I would be a mess, a complete, utterly mess because I couldn't function. I'm so relying on colors and how they inter, like the shades of colors, I would be lost without them on an everyday basis. So I, did some research and I think there was a, I, I believe my mother-in-law was watching some TV and there was like a, a, a sequence um, on 2020 and they, they showed about people who hear music, see colors in letters and numbers. Uh, some people taste uh, names or taste uh, words and it's called synesthesia. And I was like, what? that's me. Hello, there's other people out there. Oh, that's cool. So I did more research. I took the name and just kind of like did more research. And I realized I have actually more than one form of synesthesia. And synesthesia in itself means crossed senses, meaning my wires, my brain wires work a little bit different. So yeah, I did a lot of research just for myself. And I felt really good to not feel like crazy because I finally have a name. I can have a category I can put myself into. So I did the research. I realized, yes, I have all the characteristics. I'm a female, I'm left-handed. And there's many different forms. And apparently it gets passed on from family members. I am not aware that anyone in my family, immediate family, had this condition. To be fair, I didn't know my dad's side 
I don't knew them very well, so I wouldn't know if it might rain in that family in that side. But on my mom's side, definitely nobody knew about this at all. Also, with this condition, um, I could pass it down to my children, and I did test them, but nope, none of them have it. So I'm all all by myself, <laughs> just kind of like, you know, embracing it. So that's definitely one part. I'm. Yeah, the colors are super important to me and it's effortless. It's just there. And I remember way back subconsciously when people introduce themselves via name, I always get a little bit uncomfortable because the name uh, had a different color than the aura. So it threw me off because I'm like, well, the name is, I don't know, brown, but then the aura is yellow where do I go? Which one do I take and actually run with? And which one do I analyze more and trust in getting to know them? And as I, went, as I got older, as I realized and got more conscious of, okay, there are two separate things. One is the aura and one is synesthesia on a graphene color synesthesia, meaning numbers and letters of colors. I, I learned to utilize it better. I learned to make the difference. So I always go with the aura and let that kind of guide me versus the color of the name. The person had no choice when they were born that they, <laughs> that they got that name. <laughs> um, right. So that's one part. And then I actually, when I was about 12 years old, uh, I had my first encounter with my cousin who has passed on uh, before I was born. And he came and visit from the other side, as we say. And that was very confusing because I felt like, okay, what, what's going on now? So I kind of like pushed it always a little bit aside, but because I didn't know how to handle it and I had nowhere to go, nowhere to, to know, nobody to talk to. So I was very isolated in that thought or that feeling. And yeah, as I got older, especially around 15, 16, so let's stay there with your cousin, because right there I have a lot of questions. So <laughs> your cousin comes from the other side. Was it scary? It was confusing. It was completely confusing. Uh, the way he came in made absolutely no sense to me. Long story to explain. I can certainly try explaining it. So my cousin died as a young energy. He was only seven. He got hit by a drunk driver. I never met him long before my time and before I was born. And when he came in, the name attached was of my cousin, but the person I saw was an older gentleman. I did not know, but I knew it was my cousin. It's this gut feeling. I just know. So there were two senses that actually came in. So the clear recognizing, that just knowing, that gut feeling, not knowing why, but you just know. But then also the clairvoyance, the clear seeing. I could see, I could see that person, but I knew it's not that old gentleman. It's definitely this young energy, my cousin. Uh, was it scary? Yes. It was, again, very isolating. I, I remember getting up and I told my mom, Thank God for my parents. They were so understanding despite of them not knowing I do. 
And for somebody to just say, all right, let's work through it and not call me crazy or like, oh God, she's losing it at this point uh, was huge for me to just really step into and owning this too. There was never not once like a feeling of I didn't belong or they, they, they didn't know what to do with me or felt I needed more help on a, on a medical level. So that was very, very important to me to, to just be, to just be seen and not judged at that moment, despite of them not understanding my world. Right. So were you alone with that happen? Yes. I was alone in my bedroom. I had severe uh, strep throat and he kind of just came in onto my left side, kind of like on up on top towards my eyes. And he just said, don't worry, everything will be fine. I know the day before we went to the doctors and they thought I have to have surgery because they, they saw like an abscess, something medically that's not, not good. And they were scheduling me for surgery. And yeah, he came in that night and told me, don't worry, everything will be fine. You will be okay. I jumped up. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> and I was like, maybe, maybe I have fe a fever. Maybe I'm delirious. Maybe. And no, I didn't have any fevers. I was not on the medication. So I ran into my parents' room and I was like, um, I have my cousin come in. And my mom is like, okay, just go back to sleep. And I'm like, mom, it's serious. He's here. And she's, she's just kind of like, okay. She, she didn't really dismiss me, but I could tell she wasn't able to comprehend it either. So yeah, I was by myself. She kind of like just consoled me at that time. And yeah, I got up the next morning and I was fine. There was no pain. I didn't have to go back for surgery. It's almost kind of like he gave me just a little bit of a heads up. Everything will be absolutely okay. And that was the first time I kind of like, all right, if he can do that and he kind of works with me in a way to ease my feelings of certain things, then it can't be scary. He's going to be here for good things. He's going to be here to protect. He's going to be here to help me. So I immediately, despite being only 12 years old, felt very comfortable, very taken care of, but still not ready to completely look at that part of my, my abilities. And yeah, I, I started to kind of like not really talk about it. I had, um, I started having issues, eating disorder, probably because I felt like everything was so out of control between the colors and, you know, being a teenager, starting to figure out who I am, a relationship I was in that was not very healthy. And then all these other gifts coming in, I think I felt, yeah, everything was out of, out of control. And that was the only thing I could control my, my eating. So I was, yeah, I was definitely trying to avoid everything and not deal with it and just kind of like, okay, let's not, let's not go there. I was very unhappy. I felt very depressed for, for a long time. Uh, just no, no way of feeling good, despite of good things happening from the other side, it still felt isolated. You're not going to go and have, you know, friends over and you start talking about deceased relatives 
they're not going to be able to to understand that so it was always kind of like how much do i say how much do i want to show my true self how much can i let my guard down without being called crazy or that's not true or it's not happening so i always kept it pretty much to myself except for my family kind of very small and even there i feel at times like my sister she had a really hard time coming to terms with it to this day she supports me but i feel there's definitely certain things she could never understand and that's absolutely okay everybody's different but yeah there's isolation because nobody was processing information the way you were right yes and i i also felt like there's certain we could see in colors and num- like in numbers and letters we had to do a lot in school we had to do a lot of dictations a lot of like learning texts and i always nailed it but only because i remembered the numbers and the colors attached or the letters and the and the colors attached and it was easy so i can i i used most of my abilities for the most part consciously to to make my life easier like memory for me memorizing phone numbers any kind of like text is super easy i just see the colors and by, based by the colors i know the numbers it's it's a very weird process probably for those that are not seeing the same thing but that was always my strength my husband gets always super mad especially comes to business i do not save any names to a phone number and he said if your business would ever go down or something would happen to you i have no idea who these numbers are i would just randomly text people <laughs> but for me i know who it is based by the number i don't need to have the name attached it's so i don't know it's just it comes easy so there's some good good stuff too i also realized i was i'm super super sensitive uh i always got called you know too sensitive you take everything too personal i was as a child i would say a huge crier of everything and anything i always cried uh and there were moments where i remember where people like you know just get it together you need to show up be strong don't show your emotions and for a while like it i definitely felt like it's a it's it's a failure to to be you and to be vulnerable and to be sensitive uh because you get just a certain you know you get told how you should go through life little did i know all this is actually called empathy i felt so much with everyone uh, at all time and especially i felt emotionally very very vulnerable when somebody was in a lot of pain or if people got wrongly accused that's when i felt so much with them and it was definitely hard to hold my energy at that moment and i yeah i got called too sensitive you have to toughen up i don't know how many times throughout my childhood and not i don't think in a mean way it's simply the way i felt and how i feel things other people don't do it or not to that extent so i can see where they come in and just kind of what what are you doing why is it so intense for you 
and I had again the same almost the same like synesthesia I had no name for it I did not know what empathy was and I did I don't even know a google search way later on in life I would say I was already married I already had a child and yeah I realized oh this is actually another sense I'm adding into my lovely life into my lovely being and I'm like, oh yeah, I am I'm complete empath. I can take on energy. I feel people. I'm a people's pleaser. I hate confrontations. I don't like anybody to be upset. And I try to do, I, I, I give, I give way too much. And I remember like sitting in school and we had 24 students and sometimes I couldn't concentrate because I could feel my, my student next to me. Or then the teacher, how he felt. And I remember like there was one time my teacher stepped out for lunch break and he was fine. And he came back in and his energy completely flipped. And all I could think of as a child, I just have to be a really good student so I don't get him more upset because I don't want to make him more uncomfortable and more problems because he's already not in a good mood. And I took it super, super personal. Little did I know it had nothing to do with us. It absolutely with me. It was just, he might had a horrible lunch. He might had a real conversation. He might just didn't feel good about something. And I had to learn over the years to work with empathy, especially comes to in what I do. People, most people do, that come and see me uh, for personal readings, they don't come because they're happy. If they're in a good place, they don't need my help. People come because they need clarity, they are not feeling well emotionally, spiritually, physically. So it's a really nice way of feeling them before they come in and truly know where they're at. So you can customize each session to what my customer needs at that moment. I, I might get only like a tiny bit of really what's going on with them, but that tiny bit might actually help me to transform their lives because based on what they're giving me in energy, I can give them tools, I can give them ideas how to get themselves out of where they are at that moment. So I look at it despite of at times it's really, really tough in how I feel because I feel so much but it's also a blessing to truly know a person to really be able to see everything is is a blessing it's it's an amazing experience if you know how to control and handle it if you don't it's not a fun experience <laughs> and it took me years to fine-tune that and I th I think as I go and as I evolve there will be always little things I have to tweak and change around. You're never outlearned. But I feel I'm at this moment, I feel I'm pretty okay in handling energies and not get overwhelmed, uh, not run the other way when it gets too complicated because I feel so much. So between seeing deceased loved ones, seeing colors, auras, and it can get very overwhelming. It gets sometimes a little bit like, okay, why me? But overall, I 
I would say I'm so grateful and so blessed that I stepped into my own power and said, you know, this is who I am. I can't hide it. I can hide it and be depressed, sad, not fully living life to my fullest potential. Or I can say, I don't care what people think of me. This is who I am. And I'm going to do this, put this out there, my abilities to help people, to help, support, inspire, motivate, and transform customers' energies, the world. And I every so often have to go back because I do ask myself why I'm doing this at times, as we all do, you know. I want to help. I want to transpire. I want to make people feel they matter. Despite what's going on at that moment, you matter. You are an important part of this whole entire universe. And this is a hiccup. You're going to get to that next level. And by me able seeing what could possibly happen or how it could possibly attract, um, I can guide them a little bit more to their highest good. In the end, it's their free will if they want to take my advice, if they want to take my tools, if they can hear what I have to give them. But my mission is to come in as loving, kind, transformative, truly seeing their customer. Doesn't matter where the customer is at that moment. No judgment at all. Who am I to church? And just truly being in that space of what can I do for you at that moment? Sylvia, what is, if you could give us an advice for people that are very empaths like you, or maybe not to your extent, but many people are empathetic and um, you can suffer a lot. I mean, yes. Before you know how to handle it, before yes. you know how to be balanced, can you give us a, a few tips about that? Yes. I, um, I think the first thing as an empath is very important to uh, get a strong boundaries. Empaths never have boundaries because they feel guilty if they say no. They feel afraid of what could happen if they say no. So do know what your boundaries are, what your values are, and then non-jeopardize that, for, truly follow through, ask yourself, does this resonate with me? Does this make sense to me right now? Can, is this good for my energy? And then follow up by those questions uh, and be firmly okay with whatever you have to do without any emotions attached, no fear, no guilt, uh, no pressure. That would be one way of really holding your energy as an empath. Learning to protect energies of yours because you're kind of like, as an empath, you're kind of like an emotional sponge, meaning you can get into a, a group of people and it's kind of like you absorb anything and everything that goes on in that, in that setting. And there's no filter. It's just kind of like you just subconsciously just suck it all in. And that can leave you depressed, sad, tired, exhaustion headaches, any kind of like, yeah, just in a yucky state because it's over overload on your system. The best way to kind of hold your energy is to consciously uh, tell yourself, I do not have to feel what everybody else is feeling. You can actually give yourself a little bit of mantra or an affirmation. I'm going to hold my energy. 
I don't want to give up my energy. I don't want anybody to intrude into my energy and just really only if it's absolutely needed, I will feel with that person. Kind of like being very aware of where you're at, how you think, what you give up in energy. There's also a few things such as make sure you don't put yourself in compromising situations such as alcohol. Alcohol opens you up wide because it's, it's a numbing um, effect. So it might feel good at that moment not to feel everything. And that's why most people like to have a drink or two. But the effects afterwards are going to be way more challenging. You balance again. So be very aware of, is it really worth going there at that moment for whatever reason? And maybe know what your limits are at that moment. Know what's too much so you're not having any control over your energy at that point. A good way is exercise. If your energy is balanced, meaning anytime you exercise, your energy centers, your chakras get realigned. So if you go for a walk, especially in nature, you do a chakra or energy cleanse for free. Very, very easy. You don't need to go and have an expensive cleansing by a holistic uh, uh, counselor or holistic person. That will help to balance your energy overall. Same with like running, swimming, anything where you raise your heart rate, it will help to balance your energy. That's why people feel really good after gym sessions. They, they don't feel good while they're doing it, but after they feel very happy and very balanced because again, they subconsciously working on the energy centers. Food is a very important part. Most empaths, they're super, super sensitive. And what they do is when they feel a lot and they can't handle it, they start emotional eating. So meaning they eat more than what they should be eating because they don't know how to cope another way. But that food is actually hurting them more on an energy level. So it's kind of really doesn't help you in the long run. So making sure you have a very healthy, balanced diet, less foods and drinks that kind of um, cloud you, such as coffee, sugars, that would be perfect for an empath. And a lot of alone time. Empaths need to recharge and to be always with people it's draining. It's for an empath. It's absolutely, it's like hell. <laughs> so to really say it's okay to absolutely do nothing and just be um, for hours, couple days is a must. It's a recharging tool for empaths. So there is a couple few things to, to consider. And I feel honestly to be a really nice balanced empath Making sure you stay true to yourself at all times is a huge, huge must in order to stay balanced. That's uh, great advice. <laughs> Not easy to execute, but definitely. And it comes uh, with practice. It comes with practice over time. It took me years to, to get there um, without feeling guilty. Uh, I'm a mom, wife, you know, to say, nope, I don't want to do that was not an option 10 years ago because I felt extremely like, okay, I let my husband down, I let my kids down. And as I went on, I got so resentful because I always gave and did 
and I was giving more than I could actually handle. And that came into a form of resentment. And I had to step back and say, well, nobody can change that except me by taking control back to my energy, by being true to my, myself and say, well, is it really going to work for me at this point? If not, I have to be honest and say it or express that in a way people can, can handle it. And I started doing that on a daily basis. And yes, there are some people who never liked it. They jumped off. And then there's people who fully embraced it and found it very inspiring that I could stay true to myself. Comes with the territory. I feel like those that really want to support you and see you for who you truly are and love you unconditionally, they have no issues if you have a voice. They will respect you more for having a voice and being true to yourself. Definitely. Yeah. So true. So true. So hard sometimes to do, but so true. Yeah, so empathy, empathy is beautiful. It's a beautiful gift to have. It's a beautiful way of going through life if you know how to handle it, if you know how to balance everything. I hate malls. I don't like going to a mall. Malls have, well, now it's not that bad because COVID, so there's not many people going out. But then we had regular, you know, the regular times, and malls were crowded or concerts. Concerts are not my favorite at all. I'm like, oh my God, between the music and the music in itself gives me, again, colors. And if they play a song that's just not really with my colors, like it does not resonate with me, plus the people around me, plus the smells that come in from alcohol, pot, whatever it is, I, I know for a fact, I have a really hard time handling it. It's, uh, it's not a fun experience. Everybody loves it because they think they can just relax and enjoy. Sylvia is like, get me out of here. <laughs> so yeah, um, not my favorite. I don't like big family get togethers. I like it small, uh, intimate. I try not to, like, I'm surprised I can go to the gym, but I think it's so spaced out. That's why it works, um, because it's not, like, super cramped, and everybody's kind of, like, on your, on, your, on your energy. But, yeah, I, anything in masses, anything where lots of people come together, uh, I would love to support certain things, but it's just not, just does not work for me. And I'm okay with that. I learned to kind of just, okay, deal with it. I also realized, like, I, I, my husband and I talk all the, all the time about this. My life is, our lives are so different than most people's. Everything we do, we have to double check. Does it work? Can I do it? Is it going to harm me? Is it going to? So everything we do has to be way more conscious than probably most people's lives. If we go on a vacation, the good thing is I can remote view. Um, I can check energy. You don't have to be my energy in order to check energy to see if that's something I should get involved with or should go. Um, so what I do is I, if we go someplace, remote view, meaning I can visualize that, that place and I get the energy attached to that place we would be staying at. And based on what I'm getting, 
uh, I will make a decision if we can go or not. Because we did it before where I didn't do it. And it was an absolute nightmare. I had to come home. I couldn't handle the energy. It was too much. So I have, I have learned to, I think it's best to just do that. It's free. It's easy. It's quick. And based on that, we save a lot of money, a lot of headaches, and a lot of anxieties on my part are going to be not as intense because I know it's going to be appropriate for our energy. Um, and that could mean many different things, but that place had a history, if they had any kind of like yucky energy attached to those people that rent it out, or if something is wrong in the place. Um, so yeah, I don't want to go into something that's not quite in a good way for me. So it's kind of helpful. So yeah, everything I do has to be a little bit more figured out. Stevia, that's a re that's a great gift to have to be able to re remote viewing. Is that something people can learn? To be honest, I would not have an idea if that's actually something somebody could actually learn. I the way I realized I can do it was when people, well, customers sent me emails, I saw them in front of me. So I was like, what is going on? They're sending me emails, but I see them. How is this possible? And first I was not trusting that. So I'm like, I don't even know them. I don't even know how they look like. I wouldn't even know if that's true. Maybe it's just my mind playing tricks right now. But then I had, I remember I had a meditation, a guided meditation I was hosting. And this person emailed me. I didn't know her, a new customer. She emailed me about information. And immediately when I read all the, her email, she popped up, like she came in and I could see her fully with everything, energy, everything. And I gave her the information, sent it back. And then that night uh, with the guided meditation, she came in and I'm thinking for myself, I know you from somewhere. Did we meet somewhere? And I was like, you're very familiar, but how do I know you? Until I realized, yes, I met her before, not necessarily in a physical form, but on an energy level. And it, it's sometimes very confusing because I have to make sure like I keep my things straight because just because I see them does not mean we actually met yet. And that's yes. how I realized like, okay, if I can do this via email, I can just see if I can tune in to a person and see what I get. And I did some test runs. I had one person in Peru, they needed an energy session. And they are like, do you need a picture? And I'm like, nope, I'm just going to go work on you without a picture. I'm going to try it. And I did. And they're like, this is right on. How do you know? And I'm like, I just visualized you. I just had you in. And I just take that energy and work with that. So I realized if I can do that, I can do it with places. I can do it with anything I need at that point. Because everything is energy. Every single thing is energy. I'm energy, your energy, the computers, the headphones, everything is energy. It might spin on a different vibration. That's why it has a different texture, but it's energy. With that said, your thoughts, your feelings, what you say, what you do is energy. So we are all energy. And if you look at it as it's just energy and not necessarily I need to see the person. 
that's when it works. That's when you can tune in. So it's pretty much seeing energy. And based on that, I will know what's going on at that moment with that person. The tricky part is energy can change. So by seconds, if somebody feels upset or need to go to the bathroom or is lying or frustrated, I could see that too. You know, like my kids don't like me because they can't lie to me because I see if they're lying. It's awesome because I'm always prepared in whatever I do. Not one time I felt it let me wrong, except if I put my own ego into it. If I start more overanalyzing it versus just getting it and then work with it, that's when it can get a little bit tricky. But overall, not one time I felt it let me wrong or it was absolutely a mistake or like, nope, I, I got this wrong. Not at all. And it's very comforting in a way. It's kind of nice to know, like you're always prepared. <laughs> that is amazing. So Sylvia, before we go, we would like to invite your followers uh, to suggest different topics, right? Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. Maybe you can also share with us. Uh, that is a wonderful thing because I am going to be sending suggestions, <laughs> even though I'm here with you probably in the next uh, podcast. But I'm sure many people is like me and have a lot of questions for you, suggestions for themes or topics to yes. discuss. And what else are we going to be talking about in these podcasts? I think definitely about empathy, maybe going more into more depth in em empathy. Mediumship works. Um, if somebody passes on, certain ways of how they pass on will affect how they will come in on the other side. Different senses. I think knowing your sense is very important and maybe even giving you tools and ideas how to get there. Energy, chakras, how do they work? What is a chakra? What does it do? And why do we have them? would be a good topic too. Open to whatever my listeners are feeling the need to get more into it or needing more ideas, send it, post it, comment, uh, email me, message me, however you want to get in touch with me. I would love to hear because I would love to show or explain it better to the world. How That's does this wonderful. work? And we, when we were planning this uh, podcast, something that you told me is that your main goal is to have a message that is uplifting for yes, people. Yes, absolutely. Uplifting. You're not alone. I'm sure there's many empaths that tuned in at this moment and you're not alone. You're not crazy. Now it's your turn to get tools and ideas from me, from other people, from me, wherever you feel guided to, to see this as empowerment, not as a curse. Same way people who connect to deceased loved ones, you're not alone. Be strong, be, be you, put it out there. We need more people who are truly following what they need to do versus doing what society wants them to do. Just be you, unapologetically you. That's wonderful. So this has been a great first episode, Sylvia. It's been great to Thank you for joining you. me. Thank you for joining me. Love having you. You always have wonderful questions. Again, it's very beneficial. You are a customer of mine. You come from a customer viewpoint. So yeah, what do you guys want to hear? What do you want to know? And here I am being wide open, opening up. 
That's great. I can't wait for the next episode. Yay. So if you have suggestions or ideas, feel free to connect with me. My website is www.sylviasisson.com, Sylvia with an I, uh, or email me, sylviasisson61 at gmail.com, and I'm more than happy to, to consider your suggestions. <laughs>